ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up later on this hour, Chris Grossi is going to join us. We're going to talk martial soccer with him. But first, we're going to talk fantasy football because we've got football tonight. That's right. Football is back. We'll have all the NFL action all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But first, let's welcome to the program from Roto-Wire and Roto-Wire magazine, Joe Bartle. He's with us now. And Joe... Tonight's Christmas, man, Thursday night football. It's back. I know. Uh, save for the NFL draft, this is one of my favorite times of the year, that very first game, that very first week of the NFL season. There really isn't anything better. You know, by week 14 or 15, it gets to be a little bit of a slog, especially in, in the fantasy industry. But, man, oh, man, it's <laughs> week one, it just is, it's just something else to get excited about. So you, you're a draft guy first, then a game guy as far as your, your personal Christmas. Yeah, I I love I love watching all the new talent come in. I like doing the scouting process. I, like that whole thing is an exciting deal to me. And there's unlimited potential with those rookies that come in when it comes to the NFL draft. Like, oh, yeah, the Packers are getting so much better with X, Y, and Z that they just drafted, as opposed to what we see in the field. And you know, by week eight or something, somebody gets hurt. That's the end of your your fantasy season as a fan, or even as just your fantasy team. So I love the NFL draft, uh, but I also love Week One too. Just nothing like getting those first couple weeks out of the way and uh, getting some NFL football back on the screen. Now, tonight's the night for a lot of fantasy owners because if they haven't set their lineups and they've got a player who's on the bench that they need to start or they've got somebody who's inactive, they better start checking everything now because here in a couple hours everything goes live and then you're set. Exactly, yeah. I mean, this is this is the time. and This is go time, really, when it comes to fantasy. You're looking to... Uh, get everything set up, especially uh, like matchups where Alshon Jeffrey, we know he's going to be out, but you're kind of watching the, the waiver wire, so to speak, and also watching the players and their injury stats heading into these games. There really isn't a lot of talk about for that Thursday game as far as injuries goes. Certainly Sunday, right around that noon time, you got to be really making sure your lineups are set and ready to go as far as who's hurt, who's not, and who will be starting for your lineup. So let's talk about maybe the few things that um, still come up around this time as a uh... Teams are being set. Leagues, pretty much for the most part, are taken care of unless you're playing in a, a later starting league or a one-week league. Say, and this was actually an actual question, say you had to miss the draft. You couldn't be at the draft, and so you had to auto-draft. How do you recover from that? Everyone else is drafted. They pick based on what they thought was the best for them, and you let the computer pick for you. How do you recover from that? That's a tough question. Um, I, I, I would be very active on the trade market. I mean, I love trading anyway, whether it comes to real-life fantasy trade or real-life trades in the NFL or fantasy trades. I, that's one of the things I enjoy the most about the fantasy season. I like being in leagues where that's an option. You know, I've been in a plenty of leagues where that's not, where people are pretty uh, – they, they cling to the people that they like, and it's really tough to get those guys, you know, to pry, pry their hands, so to speak, from some of those players. So – I would be as active as I could in the trade market. I wouldn't be afraid to give up my first couple picks because more than likely, if you were a CPU drafted, so to speak, you're getting guys that don't have a lot of upside and also don't have a lot of depth. So if I had to give up my second or third or fourth round pick 
to get guys that I like, well, I wouldn't be afraid to do that. At least to be my team, I'd be able to shape it that way. So I'll be aggressive in the trade market, and I'd also be aggressive in what I'm offering to a, a prospective teams and getting maybe even one or two or three guys that I really like and really felt comfortable with. Had I been at the draft, that would be how I'd consider uh, that being a win if I was auto-drafted. Is there ever a good situation when you auto-draft? And I'll use this as an example. I'm setting up a fantasy hockey league. I've never done fantasy hockey. It's one of my favorite sports. And one of my coworkers, he's not a sports guy, but he'll he'll play. He'll participate. So we're thinking about setting it up as an auto-draft just to help him at least have a competitive shot at this and you know, try to teach him. Is that or should you just throw somebody right in and say, no, you need to do this this way. You need to go out there and figure out who the best players are for your team. Oh, I think that there are certain situations where that makes plenty of sense, and I think you described one right there. You're trying to get somebody more involved in the game besides the X to nose and just watching it. And the fantasy thing, whether it's hockey, football, basketball, baseball, doesn't really matter. That, that provides a different element because you have people and players that you're specifically keeping an eye on. Even if you're reading the box score of an NFL game or an NHL game, that's still kind of getting more active and involved in the sport. And I think that is the plus if you're going to be saying, hey, I don't know a lot about fantasy football, but I want to do an auto-draft. That, that's the plus to that is that you can kind of learn and, and see how the game goes. I actually uh, did a fantasy league the last two years with my in-laws, and I can guarantee you absolutely none of them knew anything about fantasy football. But they wanted to know what my job was. Like, hey, well, we'll just do this league for free and for fun. And I think they had a lot of fun. It, that was, it was a way to get them involved and kind of see the other side of things, too, when it comes to not just watching a Packers game or you know something like that, but watching the fantasy aspect of it as well. So I think that there are certainly avenues where an auto-draft makes a lot of sense. Now, if you were one of 12 people and you couldn't do the draft and everyone else is super into football and knows what they're doing, well, that makes things a little bit more difficult because you're not it's not quite an even playing field. But there are certainly instances where the auto draft is I think an acceptable way to do things when it comes to fantasy. You should do that, you know, if uh, you've got a mixed group. Now if it's just hardcore, say if it's me, you and a few other guys who we're hardcore, we know football, never, never touch the auto draft. But if you're trying to have as many people join just to have a league for fun auto-draft, totally acceptable and probably maybe even preferred because it kind of evens it out a little bit for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't couldn't have said it any better. Maybe I should get a job at Rotowire. No, I mean, no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You you have a complex <laughs> job, my friend, and I don't know if I'm I'm cut out for, uh, for the onslaught that is fantasy sports. But staying with uh, draft, what have you got Le'Veon Bell? What do you do? Where are you going there? (laughs) You know, you got a situation again with him. So if he's on your team by either you picked him up because you're thinking he's the way to go or auto-draft, what do you do? Ah, man, I mean, that's the the million-dollar question right now. And we're already week one. We haven't even started week one, and we're already having million-dollar questions. I, hopefully, you were smart enough to grab James Conner, the backup of the Steelers, uh, in lieu of potentially something like this occurring. I will be honest with you that I have Le'Veon Bell in one of my leagues, and I did not do that, and I didn't think I needed to. I wasn't, I wasn't foreseeing any type of contract situation where he could hold out not just a week but multiple weeks. Like that, that was furthest thing from my mind in terms of fantasy but also real life. I just didn't think that would be possible. So if James Conner is available in your free agency at Wire, you should be picking him up. If you have Le'Veon Bell, if you don't have Le'Veon Bell, you should be picking up James Conner. I think James Conner is actually a really good running back, and he could fit for a lot of lines. And so long as he's the one playing, 
I, I think you're probably getting at least 10 to 15 points of production from him, whether it's a PPR or standard league. Like He's going to be getting the goal line carries. He's going to get some catches out of the backfield. And he actually has a pretty similar running style to Le'Veon Bell, where I don't think the offensive line is going to have to change too much. So if I'm talking like a, a FanDuel or DraftKings guy where James Conner is going for 5000 on FanDuel, I love that quite a bit as a low play, too. So just if you could get as many shares as you can of James Conner while Le'Veon Bell's out, go for it. But that's really the only kind of solace I have for you if you, if you are a Le'Veon Bell owner. It's going to be tough, and I have a feeling this is not going to be a one-week thing. It's going to be a multi-week thing where we're dealing about this, whether he does come back and then, you know, quote-unquote sits because he doesn't want to get hurt and that kind of thing. I, I foresee this being a problem throughout the 2018 season. That's why one week fantasy has taken off, my friend. One week has taken off yeah. for this. Yes, daily fantasy. I mean, that's that's one of the beauties of daily fantasy, and that's what I was talking about with like again Fanduel. I, I love to use that site. Not that I don't like these draftings, but uh, we do have a deal with Fanduel, so I wouldn't be doing my Rotowire justice justice if I wasn't talking about Fanduel a little bit. But I like how that's all set up, and frankly, you can kind of benefit on some of those things, like James Conner at five thousand with Le'Veon Bell potentially out, well, it's a fantastic value at that running back spot. And especially in week one, there's a lot of different uh, values where the formulas haven't quite caught up to what players could produce. I, I think a guy like John Ross, also under 5,000, he's a fantastic gamble for me if I'm looking for a flex or wide, wide receiver spot. Those are just two guys that are, are pretty low priced, but probably I, I feel comfortable gambling with and, and, and putting them into my lineup and hopefully – one of them goes off, and you're kind of set because you have a guy that's going for two to three times his value, and that's really what you're looking for when it comes to daily fantasy. Joining us from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine, he is their go to expert. I'm just going to go ahead and promote you against everybody else. You're the expert there, Joe Bartle. <laughs> I mean, you're my guest, so that makes you the expert. That's, that's cool. I'll, I'll take that. Probably, probably not. I have, plenty of, I have plenty of fantastic colleagues at rotowire, and I encourage you to. Certainly uh, seek them out on Twitter and also on the, the RotoWire Twitter account itself. But yeah, hey, I'm your guest, so I'm your man. That's I, I'm the best. We can we can roll with that every week. I'm fine with that. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> you specialize in football, but RotoWire it's not just a football site. Even though, again, everyone thinks football for fantasy, but there's baseball experts there. There's hockey experts, which I'll probably be seeking out soon, or at least be following those guys on Twitter. So. If you subscribe to RotoWire, you're not just getting football; you're getting everything. If you like playing fantasy sports, yeah, exactly. I mean, there there really isn't. I mean, <laughs> we cover cricket. I mean, that's a, we go all over the realm of possibilities and all over the world when it comes to different fantasy sports. There's there's so many different things that we have kind of down. Like you were talking about hockey, AJ Scholes, S C H O L Z. I'm spelling his name out because he's the guy to follow when it comes to RotoWire or RotoWire hockey, but fantasy hockey in general i don't think there's a guy that's better and i'll be honest with you i'm not like a huge hockey fan i i follow sparingly and i'm not super into fantasy hockey but anytime i hear him talking about fantasy or you know he's doing notes for the site or something like that he's always the guy on top of stuff so i i love i love that there's just a guy like i I could point to any single guy at rotaware and i feel confident saying he is one of the best or one of the most premier uh colleagues in the fantasy industry at that respective sport i just you know, I work here. I'm not not trying to toot anyone's horn too much, but I really feel confident saying that RotoWire provides just about anything you need in terms of any sort of sport that you're interested in. I might need his uh, email because, uh, again, even though we're going to auto draft <laughs> in hockey, um, the, after the auto draft, everybody's on their own. I, I'll, I'll gladly provide you. I mean, he would be glad to help. That's the thing. Like most of the guys on RotoWire Twitter will be glad to take your questions. I, I have 
four or five people that will I'll, it's almost like clockwork getting tweeted around Thursday or Friday. Hey, what should I do with this lineup? Hey, what should I do with this? And you know, that's I'm not the only one that does that. I think there's a lot of guys that are really approachable when it comes to their lineups and are willing to help you out and listen and kind of talk through some of the stuff. And to me, especially if you're kind of learning the industry and learning how fantasy sports works, it's great to have somebody that's willing to give you a helping hand and, and take some time out of your data to kind of walk off, walk through all that stuff. Okay, so if I get uh, if I send you an invite uh, for some different email accounts to some different leagues, you're, you'll co-manage teams, right? Is that the deal I'm hearing? Ah, uh, boy, I don't know about that. My my slate is pretty full when it comes to fantasy football leagues. I might have to I might have to grease the wheels a little bit, okay. a little bit of under the table action that I might be able to help you out a little bit more with that. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, you're using all sorts of sites, of course. RotoWire is partnered with a lot of sites, so yeah, you've got ESPN, you've got Yahoo. Who for for hockey? Of course, you're you're with some some of the other networks as well. If you're just starting out, just wanting to get into it, if you're going to choose between the big two, ESPN and Yahoo, just for the weekly fantasy, where do you send people? I think I'd go ESPN. I, a, it just it it's a little clutter is not the right word, but I, it, there's a little bit less going on with the ESPN site when you have your lineup all set up, when, when you're looking at your roster. And frankly, if you're just kind of starting out, that's all you really need to know. You just click on the player. Oh, there's a lot to it. I'll, I'll read what it has to say about that. Oh, hey, I think I know that guy. The, the RotoWire guys do that. That's okay, cool. I got that. You know, like, it's it's pretty easy to, to read through and understand. And to me, that's really all I'm looking for, especially when I'm starting out. Like, Yahoo has a couple other things that I appreciate, like the, the drafting grades and, every, and the, the weekly scoring. I, it frustrates me most times when I play on Yahoo, but hey, if you would have had this lineup against your 10 other opponents, how many times would you have won? And like that, that is an offer on ESPN, and probably it's a good thing because most times it's like, oh, you would have beat everybody else this week, and that happens more often than I can count. So I, I appreciate what ESPN has as far as the simplicity goes, and especially when you're starting out, that would be the kind of site that I would target newer people to go to. Okay, so I've just torpedoed the one guy who's never played fantasy hockey before. <laughs> I've just torpedoed him <laughs> in Yahoo. Well, hey, he, he'll he'll learn from you, and he can learn from the experts on RotoWire, and he'll be able to overcome that maybe minuscule difference that would be between ESPN and Yahoo. There you go. I like it. Joining <laughs> us from RotoWire.com and RotoWire Magazine, Joe Bartle. And, Joe, if fans want to find out more, they can go to RotoWire.com. And you guys are always offering uh, special deals to, to make sure that fans find out what RotoWire has to offer before committing. And once they get in and find out everything, pretty much they usually commit, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, I should really have this down every time I do one of these phone calls. But, you actually can have a 10-day free trial to the RotoWire site itself, and it's all access. You can see everything on there. And uh, if I had the link, I should. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll tweet out after this broadcast is done. But uh, it's a 10-day free trial. After that, there's no credit card entered. So you don't have to be worried about being billed or anything like that. Um, and if you do find value in RotoWire and you like the site, but maybe you don't want to know about fantasy baseball or fantasy basketball, you can buy specific packages that are a little bit cheaper that just direct you to the football or hockey or whatever else it might be that you're interested in. So that was a new change, I think, that we incorporated kind of towards the end of last year. Uh, it really has been, from everything I've heard from other users, they really appreciate that and it really seem to go over well. So I, that's just another one of the many ways they're trying to accommodate you as far as your, your wallet, but also your fantasy knowledge, too. Joe, good catching up with you. We'll do it again next week, and we'll find out uh, how people did on week one and how to correct all those week one missteps. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys have any questions, listeners have any questions, 
feel free to uh, tweet me at JB Fantasy Sports. I'll be glad to answer questions when I have some time. Joe, good talking to you. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, sir. Yes, no problem. See you then. That is Joe Bartle from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine. We're going to take our first break, come back later on. Chris Grossi is going to join us. Marshall Soccer's got a big one coming up against FIU. Dave Walsh is in studio as well. He um he gets to talk a little bit uh Marshall football. I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw fantasy football at him, so he was barred from the fantasy football interview and uh, I'm going to bar you from soccer as well just because you're a football guy. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still to come, Chris Grossi, Marshall Soccer. Big one coming up for the Thundering Herd, and he'll be with us in a few minutes to preview that. We'll take your phone calls later on. We've got Marshall and Eastern Kentucky coming up. On Saturday, previewing that one with me is the former quarterback of the Young Thundering Herd, Dave Walsh. And I'm looking at this Eastern Kentucky team and thinking, are they really better than maybe I think they are, or was Moorhead just that bad? It's still too early to tell because Moorhead's not that good of a team, and EKU looked like world beaters at times against them. And then you're reading down the roster of EKU. My, you know, some players where they came from to play at Eastern Kentucky, you're going like, whoa, I can understand why they did that to Moorhead. But this will be a different uh, occasion this week. And again, um, like last week with the rivals, Marshall Eastern, pretty good games over the years, the one double A days. Marshall had uh, the better of it towards the end. Be very interesting. And uh, I know Doc and the gang have said, hey, nobody's like just because they're a one double A or FCS, whatever we want to call them. We're taking them seriously because it's the next game up and we can't avoid any bumps in the road. And Eastern would love to come in and be one of those FCSs to upset the apple cart like four teams did last week across the country, one of them being in our league. They've played FCS schools and they've won consistently. They haven't won a national championship in a long time, but when they move up and they play the FBS teams, they're seven and twenty-seven. Their last win over Miami of Ohio in two thousand fourteen almost beat Kentucky, so that's the one that they're hoping and wishing that. All right, we didn't get that one, but let's get Marshall. Let's not have another one of those where we almost get one of these guys. And I'm sure they're going to be pretty fired up, knowing that yeah, we've been competitive. If we can get Kentucky or almost get them, we should be able to get Marshall. Maybe that's the mentality from their standpoint. Exactly. You know, coming close in those situations doesn't do them well they don't think that way they want to win the ball game and you know close call with Kentucky no here comes Marshall we have a chance we've played in the past and you know it's one of those things if you want to make your season this is kind of a week to do it and then on the flip side Marshall does not want to be the one at the expense of that happening so uh, it's going to be volatile on both sides short trip down I-64 for the game it'll be fun to watch uh, but I think you know right now thinking at one point in time these teams were on the uh, same playing field Marshall's kind of elevated a little bit, and I'm I'm thinking what they have right now may be a bit too much for the Colonels when you go over 60 minutes. Maybe not one series or two, but over 60 minutes, it'll take its toll. Well, if you remember, I learned this yesterday. Remember, they were a candidate for the for the Sun Belt, but Coastal Carolina got that spot, and there was a push to move them possibly to FBS. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Finances have been an issue across the state of Kentucky. There's been funding cuts as well that's hit them. Um, 
they're not necessarily flush with cash to make them move up. And they had an opportunity. At one point, they probably had a window that they should have taken to go and make the next step. I, mean, I know they're doing some improvements to their facility, their stadium. They're kind of finally finishing that thing out. If you go to Eastern Kentucky, you look at it, it's like there's half a stadium right. and some bleachers. Right. And they've sort of they're finishing that out a little bit, not necessarily a brand-new full-size grandstand, but they're still doing some things over there, and they're leaving themselves some room to expand in the future. There, There is a desire, just maybe they don't have what they need to make that happen, and I don't think they're going to make that move anytime soon, if ever, really. You know, all about resources, as you mentioned, and I remember not long ago the days of Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Marshall all one AA situations, and then all of a sudden Marshall decides to make the move. Western made the move, and things have worked out reasonably well. And I'm sure Eastern saw a window, but then it closed. And right now, with you know, money talks, and if it's not there, you got to be careful what you do. So uh, you know, they're going to have to—I won't say languish there, but you know, play there. They have you know, still some good schools that they compete against, but I'm sure they'd like to be in the and uh, the, with the big boys, so to speak. And that ship may have sailed, but you never say never. But it's going to be hard because you know what? Twenty minutes away, University of Kentucky. You got to be careful. How do you draw? You know, big thing is how many people are in the seats to help pay the bills. I think they've got a fan base. Yeah. They've got a fan base. And if Western Kentucky can thrive and other teams can thrive, I think they could thrive as well. But really, it's a resource issue. Where do we find the funding? And they're not going to be playing the Kentuckys of the world, they're going to be playing the Western Kentuckys of the world. Middle Tennessee's of the world. There would be some natural geographic logic to them being a Division One opponent for a Marshall, a Middle, a Western. There are some opportunities there. Unfortunately, they just didn't have a chance to, to take that opportunity. The way Marshall jumped and basically said, all right, we are on top of the world here right now. We've got an opportunity. Let's take it. They could have stayed back and been a 1AA powerhouse for years to come. Or make the leap, and you saw what happened. They were able to come in and be competitive in the MAC right away. Very well. So far, so good for them. So we'll see what happens. We're going to take our next break. Come back. Chris Grossi is going to join me. We're going to talk soccer with him here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I know we're talking about Marshall football, but there's a bigger matchup coming up. Maybe not the Marshall-Eastern Kentucky matchup, no. Uh, Marshall men's soccer team returning home. They're going to start Conference USA action. They've got the defending regular season conference champions, the FIU Panthers, coming in on Friday to join us now on the program to tell us more about what's coming up is the head coach, the Marshall soccer team, Chris Grassy. And, Coach, um, this is a big one. I mean, it's your it's your opener conference, but at the same time, this is a big one because it's FIU. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big game for us to have. Very excited about it. Very excited to have FIU in town. You know, with them being the, the reigning champs, so we kind of want to beat the champ to, to be the champ. You know, so it's going to be a great matchup. We both were probably the only two teams that play really possession-oriented uh, soccer inside the, the Conference USA. So we kind of want to have a you know battle to see who's the the best of, of that genre of, of play. Um, so it's you know a lot of lot riding on the line. Plus they've had a bad start, so they're going to want to make their bones and off field, and we don't want to allow them to do that. So a lot of uh, a lot of different storylines going into this one. Yeah, you've been pretty successful as of late. Right now, you're two one and one. A big win against Ohio State, and 
even though it was a draw, it was a pretty impressive performance against Dayton. How are you feeling right now about where you're at this season? And and honestly, put it in perspective, um, beating Ohio State, coming close to taking out Dayton, I mean, that's a lot of improvement from year to year, I would think. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely improved. We're a lot more solid than we were last year. The guys have gelled really well defensively. You know, we had a we had a blip against Auckland where we sort of dominated the match and then just kind of, you know, guys getting used to the college grind of, you know, uh, two games in such a short space of time um, and just kind of switching off mentally and, um, you know, thinking we had the game one at one. So we kind of learned that lesson the hard way. And then Ohio State was, you know, was a fantastic result for us. We, we were the better team on the day, uh, probably the better team, you know, personnel-wise. And so we, we played the better soccer and, and won the game and, and fought hard. And then Dayton was... You know, another one of those second game on a weekend, you know, type scenarios where we defended really well, but we created all the best scoring chances. We kind of had a run of the play for large portions of the game, and the guys just never looked like conceding. We could have played for three days, but we were not conceded. So it was just trying to get the the, the goals to fall. You know, and, um, you know, we we could use you know goals coming from our for a number nine position would be would be great, but we're going to have to get some guys stepping up now and. You know, we're creating four or five really good scoring chances every game, and we need to start burying a couple of those um, if we want to really make that next step. But massive improvement from last year, uh, just in terms of how we, we open the game, how we dominate the game, uh, and how we control the ball a little bit. It's been been a big improvement. I think something else, uh, again, a lot of people maybe don't realize this, but you're in Conference USA, and in soccer, you're in a power to some you really it's not surprising to see a, a conference usa team go up and beat an ohio state because well on you know, on the pitch to them maybe sometimes even better as far as conference standings yeah you know that's where you know we want to keep it but yeah conference usa it's sort of that in, in men's soccer it's a top five conference uh you know we're looking at guys you know teams like charlotte new mexico recent runs to the final fall um always have you know I guess the average is about four teams go to the NCAA tournament, four out of the nine teams go to the NCAA tournament every year. So it really is kind of up there with the Big East and the Big Ten and um, in terms of college soccer. So we have the, you know, those tough competitive matches. And so when we do play in Ohio State, you know, we're not overall too much. Um, when, when we, you know, go against Ohio State and the Virginias of the world that we'll, we'll pick up on the schedule this year. So I think it's the conference gives us really good uh, preparation for playing some of those bigger teams for sure. What's the status of your keeper? Um, I know he's probably gotten bored back there because um, he hasn't really got that much work. Or let's put it this way: um, he's been making sure that he hasn't had to work much because he's kept you clean the last couple of games, and that's really nice to know that you've got someone back there that can keep you in these games, even if you're not be able to score as fast as you'd like to. Yeah, I think uh, you know Powell's been tremendous. Um... You know, between him and Ben, it was kind of neck and neck going right into the season, and, and we kind of went with Paolo. But Paolo's become Paolo's become such a you know such a big um, sounds like we've lost coach. We're going to try to get him back, and he was talking, of course, about the upcoming matchup, Marshall taking on FIU, and we're going to try to get him back here in just a moment as Marshall in action on Friday. You can, of course, catch that game 
on CUSA TV. Also, the student station is going to have the broadcast on 88.1 FM WMUL. Marshall Soccer is um, really, I think, if you've seen the last few years, this is probably going to be the sport at Marshall where, again, you're going to see a lot of growth. You've got football, basketball, your upper-tier sports, but I think the potential there really is um, there for this program. And joining us back on the program now, Marshall University soccer coach Chris Grassi. Sorry about that, Coach. Uh, we lost you there, but uh, I guess when you got an exciting match to talk about, uh, sometimes the phone just doesn't want to cooperate. <laughs> I guess not. But you were talking about your keeper and uh, how uh, there was a battle and finally you, you made the decision to go with Paulo and – it seems to have paid off for you so far. Yeah, and it's it's more of the intangibles with, with Paolo as well. I mean, he's, he's a great shot stopper. He's, he's sort of a beast back there. But, you know, in the locker room, he's the guy that's grabbing everybody together and, and kind of inspiring them and yelling at them and, you know, getting everybody going. He's kind of become that sort of, you know, leader off the, off the field and, and guy who's taking on upon himself to motivate everybody. And he's, he's an absolute, you know, born winner. And that's just giving the team in front of him confidence. And, you know, he's just... Grown and grown and grown into the into the role into the position. So it's it, it's been you know fantastic. I've got absolutely zero complaints about everything he's been doing so far. And, um, you know he's he's really a big time kid with with you know potentially a professional future in front of him as he carries on this way. With the match against FIU and the records, maybe not an indicator of what this team really is. So you circle this. This is a big match. Uh, how focused? Are you in your squad right now, knowing that sure they're zero and three, but if Marshall Soccer beats FIU and then can go on and have a successful season, and you might look at this game back months from now and think, okay, this is where it started in conference, knowing that we could get past an FIU. Yeah, I mean, all guys are you know they're very very focused, and it nobody could you know nobody could really give a care about their record. I think it's. You look at what they did to us last year. They beat us 4-0 at their place. It was our worst performance. You know, the guys who are still around from last year, just, you know, that that game was just a terrible performance, terrible atmosphere. Um, you know, so they want revenge for that. They want to show they're better than that. They're the reigning champs. And, and you know, we've set our sights this year on trying to win the championship, you know, trying to win Conference USA. Um, and so that we know, you know, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. So the, the focus is there on the guys. You can see today at training. You can see it with the enthusiasm for it it was um at the forefront of everybody's minds uh today and, and they know it's, it's a big game and they could care less about the record they could you know they want to beat fiu because fiu were the champs and, and they want to prove themselves and you know start putting marshall up there at the top of the uh, the top of the conference table and you know we want to get up there and we want to stay there you know that's kind of the, the mentality everybody's got so everybody's seen it's a big game they've got two really good players in patino and uh Lindsay, who were both of them and watchless guys um you know they're they're the the real deal, you know, despite their despite their record. And we know we can play at that level and we can win those games. So we want to start doing that now. And I think all the guys are all the guys know it's a great opportunity for us to really make our mark this season. Now you know if um, you have a successful season, you get this team in the NCAA, and then you you win. Um, I'm just going to say this now. I think you should ask for a new scoreboard. That seems to be the reward this time of year for getting into the NCAA tournament. I mean, Danny got a new scoreboard. I'm thinking soccer gets back to uh, lofty heights, gets into the NCAA tournament. You might want to make a case for a new scoreboard, Coach. 
<laughs> well, we're going to try and burn out the uh, the home score light bulbs anyway, so maybe we'll need a new one at the at the end of the season. Um, yeah, that seems it is a beautiful score. What have you seen it? Yes, I have. It's a um, it's 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 not uh, it's not a light bright by any stretch. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, we you know if we make the tournament. You, you never know. I mean, I think there's you know it's always uh, always looking to improve, always looking to grow in every area and, and get better. And you know, I think uh, I take a I take a new centre forward, a brand new, you know, um, goal scoring machine over a, over a scoreboard. But you know, scoreboard would be nice as well. You can have both. You get into the NCAA tournament, you can have both. Just <laughs> fantastic. I'll tell him you told me. Yes, please tell him that I told him that. Told you that. I, I can't wait to hear the response to that. Uh, Coach, uh, I'm excited for you. It's going to be a um, big time coming up on Friday. Let's hope we get a big crowd coming out. Um, and there's going to be plenty of time for everyone to come out and support you. And then uh, I know high school football Friday night is uh, big in the area, so but still plenty of time for people to come out and support you and then go out and support the uh, area high school kids. Yeah, we've got uh, – it's, it's West Virginia club night, so if you, if you come in from a, a club team, a youth club team, wear your club jersey and you get in for free and your parents are only two bucks uh, to get in. So we're trying to get a lot of the local kids out to, to see some, some great soccer. And it really is two teams that play the game, you know, the way we believe it should be played with – you know, trying to control the ball and possess the ball and just lumping and chasing. Um, so we hope we can be a great example for the game there. And, and it's, uh, like I said, free for all kids wearing their club jerseys. Coach, good luck. We'll have you back on soon. And uh, I'm excited. This is going to be a big one coming up on Friday, 7 o'clock. Field. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. That's the head coach of the Marshall soccer team. We'll turn our attention back to Marshall football when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Dave Walsh with me. Our producer tonight is Gabriel Sellert. We'll take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. What are you laughing for? What are you laughing about? I'm still thinking of your first segment, the fantasy football. Yeah, you still, still enjoyed there. it. I enjoyed it. I remember the days we had in the league, and you draft, and you think, "What did you do?" And then you'd go win, and you'd lose, and you—I mean, it was crazy. All the things you've read about our—I did that, I did that, I did that. It is—it is crazy. It is fun, and it can get very intense. I like the Yahoo fantasy setup because I'll get a report, and it's well crafted. It's an auto-generated story. It's a robo story. You know the computers that are putting yeah. you, people like you out of out of your profession. Yes. I mean, one day, one day there's going to be a robo machine that's going to replace a Tim Stevens. Right. You just punch some stats in, and it's going to spit out a story. Yeah. Be a, be a robot at the game, touchdown, Fairland, and help do it and like that, and then that's it. That's what's going to happen one good, day. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's coming. It's, it's going to happen one day. You're going to input the stats from Marshall football because you got to keep the stats. Right. Somebody's got to keep the stats. So the stat man's job isn't out of uh, yeah, is not going to be taken yet. Going to punch those stats in into the stat service, drive everything, and then Robo Walsh <laughs> is going to spit nice. like out a that. story. Right. And I don't know what kind of voice it would be, but uh, um, I'm sure it'd be appealing, well, so to speak. AP does that already for well. uh, a lot of those financial uh, reports that come out. Yeah, you know, they do use it a lot for their financial stories. Uh, you know, earnings and everything like that because it takes time to wade through yeah. all that. So they let the machine do it, and uh, it does a pretty good job. Yeah. But there's still people checking yeah. it. But that's going to be the future it's here. It's coming. Like the other day I was at a store, and you spell all these checkout lines. We get there, and I went, 
They're all automated. There's like five bodies to take you through. But other than that, it's just you go through and wave in front of a, a machine and go out. And I'm going like, it saves money. And you have an IT guy that can fix some things. And, and a way, you know, welcome to, like you said, that's the wave. That's what's coming. But I still marvel at it because a fantasy football game against fantasy teams – this is fictional. This is this is make believe football we're right. talking about here, even though it's it's fun. Yeah. And with Yahoo, I get a game story. I mean, not a a game story, story. analytics and everything. What's That's, the difference of just punching that stuff in and then you get a game story for Marshall? And I'm sure I've already piqued someone's interest right now, thinking, right. hey, you know what? We could do that. Just punch out. The numbers, and here it is, a game story. Somebody's probably working on it already. I mean, I'm glad I'm at the point that there. And, Paulie, I hope it, you can make it through before that day comes. And, they, you know, they, they slide you to the side. But uh, I, I think we're fine right now. But I somebody think, uh, is working on it. I think I'm good. Yes. Ro- robo-opinions uh, can't be generated. No, no. you got to have a live warm body at some point. Because, you know, if something wants to call, talk good, better, and different, do you want to talk to a robot or a computer? No. Yeah, see, it's, I want a live body. It's uh, it's not happening anytime soon, so we're, we're in good shape. Yeah. So, Thundering Herd coming up on Saturday, taking on Eastern Kentucky. And this one's still hard to break down because you look at Eastern Kentucky, you see, okay, 404 rushing yards, but that was against a suspect defense. All right, 160 yards passing, but... Moorhead was kind of suspect as well. They score 49 points. Again, suspect. 23 points against. Moorhead's not that good. Marshall, on the other hand, 171 rushing yards, but well-earned, and they scored 35 points. 35 points, 171 rushing yards. The story, of course, is Isaiah Green with 272 passing yards, two touchdowns. He's the story. And you don't know how to really quantify this because come Saturday you're going to see Marshall bigger, faster, and that's probably going to be the key, Dave. Marshall's speed is going to be the difference here between these two. And then some depth issues. You know, one double-A days, you had 60 to 65 scholarships here, you're 80 in the 80s. So if Eastern goes to a number two or three guy, there might be a drop-off as opposed to we saw with Marshall. uh, Not much drop-off from ones to twos to threes. Docs worked to get that where it is today. And right now I'm thinking if there's a more popular man in Huntington than Isaiah Green, I don't know who he is. A lot of people are waiting to see him live in person on Saturday. It was, you know, fall camp, spring ball was one thing, but now they're going to see it when there's nobody pulling him off. He has no red jersey on. It's like, let's see what he's got. I'll tell you some guys who are maybe as popular, if not more. Um, Tyree Brady. Right. Brady. Man draws a crowd. as Doc. He's on my side. I'm, I'm glad he's catching for me. I, I do not have to defend him. would not be easy. Keon Davis. Right. Miami loves him. <laughs> Tyler King. Mr. Speedster. I mean, he didn't even play last year early on, and now he's like Mr. Zippo. Plus, don't kick the ball to him. You may, you may pay. See, I had to put a separate column for him in because I'm looking at team leaders right now. Keon Davis has got 76 yards, one touchdown, but – I got to talk about Tyler King, sixty-seven yards, no touchdowns. So he uh, he earned himself a whole column by himself on my prep sheet. Right, that punt return that set up a touchdown. Yeah, I mean took it right up a lot of times where the hole is up the middle. No flags, sets up a touchdown and uh, end up being deciding points. So you know, be careful kicking the ball. It might be one of these things where a team decides, hey, 
we're going to kick it away from him. Kick it left, kick it right. And the coaches will tell the kicker, do not, whatever you do, kick it to him. Conference USA Saturday setting up to be interesting. Of course, you know our game is 6.30. Air Force is at Florida Atlantic. Does uh, the lane train put itself back on the tracks against Air Force? I I think they got a better chance to get back on track. I mean, they've been living hard since. I mean, some reading material about that game. Lane's been living pretty hard since that uh, trip to Norman last week. I'm sure. Appalachian State will come in and probably beat Charlotte. That's a team that we'll see, you know, shortly. Uh, we used to see quite a bit, and they are a very good football team. I'm taking the, the other Mountaineers. Yeah, I'm taking Louisiana Tech over Southern. I think Louisiana Tech's going to be a team to watch on the West, along with uh, Mr. North Texas. I'll take Middle over UT Martin. Yes. I'll take Southern Miss over uh, Louisiana Monroe. Yes. Um, I will take UAB over Coastal Carolina. I would, too, because they're, they're still on the buzz of, you know, almost giving up football. They're back. Everybody's back from an eight-win season and a bowl trip. So, yes. I will take Baylor over UTSA. Uh, it'll be an interesting game. I put, after last week, I don't know. Baylor, you know, Baylor's got to think, well, if we're going to get one, we better get it now because we get to the league. I don't know. I'll take Baylor. Yes. Uh, FIU, I'll take them over Old Dominion. Yes, Old Dominion still stunned after what happened in Lynchburg last week. I will take North Texas over Incarnate Ward. Is that a single game or a doubleheader? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> now, North they're, Texas. They're taking the on one. Incarnate and Word at the same that's time. That's one of those where the twos, threes, and fours get a lot of, lot, of, lot of field time this week. I will also take Western Kentucky over Mighty Maine. Yes. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen that much on U- UTEP or UNLV. I, I really didn't glance over too much over last week on them. So, uh, I almost have to take UNLV because UTEP it, is it's just at U, it's at UNLV too. It's just having they're they're in disarray right now. Rice is at Hawaii, thus Hawaii wins. Right, but nice road trip. They they're probably already there. I would have left road. early. It's a that's a plane trip. It's a <laughs> boat trip. Probably a helicopter trip. All kinds of trips. Canoe trip. <laughs> raft trip. Yes. Sightseeing Parasailing trip. Parasailing trip. Yeah, and at some point in time, you got to put uniform on. Beach trip. <laughs> That's a trip, all right. Sounds like you're trying to get that one scheduled up here in Huntington at one point in time. Well, we no. Have to, we would stow away on the hey, plane no, for that Jerry one. Hey, no, Jerry Palm's already got that scheduled. Oh, I read that. Yeah, the bowl game. You've already, you've already booked it. Mike Kurtner, ask Mr. Hamrick about uh, playing a bowl game in Hawaii, if you're listening, sir. Uh, Jerry Palm's already got that scheduled, so... You know, we'll see what Mr. Hammer thinks about that. By the way, uh, the most important radio ever is coming up next. For the next hour, you can hear Mike Kurtner grill the athletic director, Marshall University, Mike Hamrick. And then you can hear the athletic director grill right back. And you can phone in as well. So if you've got questions, don't be asking them on Twitter and just hope he answers. Call in. Voice your a question to him. He'll take it. That's coming up here in a few short minutes. For producer Gabriel Sellards, for Dave Walsh, I'm Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Station.